the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. And the Royals drop to 61 and 41 in heartbreaking fashion. The victims of a walk-off as Toronto moves to 53 and 51 after Josh Donaldson's walk-off double in 11 innings. It's Toronto 7, KC 6, and Davo. Glad you are along for another edition of your dish here. On Clubhouse Conversation, where the Royals have now lost three games in a row, and they will try to avoid a season-high four-game losing streak tomorrow. And we will preview that game, break that one down, as well as Sunday coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, let's get to this one, Johnny Cueto's first outing as a Royal, by beginning with our player of the game tonight. And early on, it looked like it would be Cueto, didn't it? Royals get ahead 3 nothing. He gets through the first inning on six pitches, and you think, man... It comes out in the second, another quick inning. You think, man, the two perfect innings, Royals ahead 3 nothing. This will be a nice night for the Royals. Did not end up that way at all, and not particularly a great night for Cueto, who was very solid. Not a bad first outing for KC, but I give the player of the game to Eric Hosmer, his ninth of the season. As Haas reached base three times tonight, two hits. He also drew the Royals' only walk in 11 innings, which is never a good sign when you walk once. And 11 innings. Haas now a 13-game hitting streak, and and not a cheap one either. He has multi-hit games in nine of those 13. And Haas also scored two runs for the Royals tonight. And it was a strange game offensively for the Royals because you look at just the line score, six runs on 10 hits. You'd think, wow, the Royals scored enough runs. They had a good night offensively. And the first statement is true. The Royals did score enough runs to win a game on most nights, although that's difficult in the band box that is Toronto with all those power right-handed bats. But the second statement, the Royals really didn't have a good offensive night. Like I said, they had just one walk in the 11 innings. They had just two extra base hits. Lorenzo Cain, his 23rd double. Kendrys Morales, his 28th. Morales also knocks in two runs, as did Ben Zobrist. A big congrats to Ben in the first inning as he plates the Royals' second and third runs after a nifty slide by Kendrys Morales to get that third run in. Zobrist, his first knock in two RBIs as a Royal. And Alcides Escobar does snap an 0 for 16 with two hits tonight, but just not a good offensive game. And I know the Royals only left two on base. I know they were three for three with runners in scoring position and banged out six runs on 10 hits, but I mean, just weren't walking tonight. Weren't getting the extra base hit tonight. And most of all, the thing that frustrated me the most tonight was that against a very suspect bullpen, which threw out six pitchers. I mean, you had your old fellow teammate from last year for a cup of coffee, Liam Hendricks out there throwing against you, and his velocity is picked up, obviously going more max effort out of the pen for Toronto. And good for him. Great guy. I like to see him having success. But, I mean, you've got him throwing and the meat of your order coming up and, you know, two bad at-bats in that inning, Lorenzo Cain. A horrible swing at a breaking ball low and away gets out. Morales strikes out. And, of course, that would be all that she wrote shortly after that. But, I mean, that's just, you know, one run earned in six innings against the Blue Jay bullpen is not going to get it done is my point in saying that. Six innings, one run by the Blue Jay bullpen. And that's not a good bullpen. And there's some guys scuffling in this Royals lineup now. No big deal. This happens. I mean, Mike Moustakis is in a bit of a slump right now. Salvador Perez, obviously, in a slump. Eski coming into this one in a slump. And Fonte all year has been in a slump. You have no Alex Gordon out there. So, I mean, the offense not quite firing in all cylinders at the moment. 
And I don't think tomorrow will be a lot easier. More on that coming up here in a minute. But let's also get to Johnny Cueto uh, tonight and the Royals' bullpen. And like I said, you give Cueto three runs before he throws a pitch. He uses six pitches in the first inning and gets out around 10 pitches in the second inning. So he's well under 20 with two perfect innings under his belt. You're ahead 3 nothing going into the top of the third, right? You're like, man, this Cueto, I mean... Uh, <laughs> This sounds stupid now, but I I have this weird feeling he might throw a no-hitter tonight after two innings. And I know that's stupid to say. I know that's about four innings too soon to even think. But didn't you think he was going to mow down Toronto tonight and go a minimum of seven, probably more like eight innings of like one or two-run ball? That's what I figured he was going to do tonight after those first couple of innings once I got the bunt hit by Correa that broke up my dreams of a no-hitter, the very next hitter <laughs> in the third inning. But four 20-pitch innings tonight did not help at all for Cueto who allows three runs on seven hits in his six innings. Did strike out seven, had two walks. I thought he did have a very nice strike zone from Angel Hernandez. So overall, very solid. Uh, I'd say good start. That's a good start. You know, three runs in six innings at Toronto is a good start. It's not what you want out of a number one starter necessarily, especially when he's handed a 3 nothing lead. But you know what? It was a, It was a good start. Very solid to good. So no problems with Cueto tonight. I love how he, you know, out of the windup, mixes up timing, you know, through his motions. Throwing the hitters off that way when he throws like nine different pitches, basically different arm slots almost. I mean, that's the arm slot thing may be a bit of an exaggeration, but definitely the speeds and, you know, mixing up and, and all the different, you know, pitches he, he can throw out there. It's like it, it must seem like he has 15 different pitches to a hitter based on his motions and the fact that he does have so many different pitches. So I loved watching him pitch tonight. I cannot wait to see what he can do coming up on Wednesday in Detroit. If you haven't heard, the Royals will go this next time through and skip the fifth spot in the rotation, which does belong to Jeremy Guthrie. No surprise there. Maybe a bit of a surprise after Guthrie struggled to get out of the sixth inning, obviously, yesterday in Cleveland, although he did pitch a pretty good game going into that sixth inning. And a guy who gives you a lot more innings than Young, who we think may be a bit worn down. So I think it's a good move by the Royals to preserve Chris Young, at least going into September and, and beyond. You never know what you're going to need. Hopefully Jeremy Guthrie turns it around and gets back on track. But if he doesn't, you do still have Chris Young as a possibility. An outside chance we could see Medlin, although that ship is looking like it's beginning to sail as far as the rotation goes this year. Especially the longer he only throws two or three innings. A few more weeks, he won't be able to get stretched out in time for the remainder of the year. Especially a guy coming off Tommy John, you don't want to mess with him too too much but I mean we hear Kyle Zimmer from JJ Piccolo maybe starting outside chance we see him in September very outside chance we see Miguel Almonte so there's some guys that could come up Pino could start there's some different options the Royals have but hopefully Jeremy Guthrie gets things turned around obviously and there's always an outside chance the Royals can pick up a, a starting pitcher sometime in August as well they had to worst case but not a surprise there to see Chris Young move into the bullpen. Good move by the Royals. But, yeah, so Johnny Cueto will pitch again on Wednesday night in Detroit, and then that Monday against Detroit back-to-back games, we'll see him in Kauffman Stadium for his debut here. But after six strong innings from Cueto, six good innings from Cueto, especially against Toronto in that ballpark, that's a tough lineup for anybody. It's a scary team to think about facing in the postseason, by the way. But after those six innings, Ryan Matson comes in for the seventh. At first, we thought, well, it's because he'd gotten hot and gotten loose in the sixth behind Cueto, who got out of that inning. But, you know, we figured, okay, that's probably why he's pitching the seventh, right? But it turns out that Kelvin Herrera was your eighth inning guy, Hollinger ninth inning guy, as far as the perfect formula went tonight, as Wade Davis is day-to-day with back stiffness, we found out after the game. So Ryan Matson did not record an out. All four hitters he faced had base hits, which led to three runs earned to Matson. 
Calvin Herrera does a nice job. You know, does walk somebody coming in, allows that third run to score, and does get charged with his fourth-blown save of the year. But overall, two innings, one hit and a walk, no earned runs allowed to Kelvin Herrera. I thought he was very well. And I thought the true pitching start tonight was not Cueto, was not Herrera. It was Luke Hochaver. He retired six of the seven hitters he faced, and it was the way he was doing it. I mean, the one hit he allowed was a crack bat blooper, you know, just over Escobar and just in front of Zobras. I mean, Hochever was bordering dominant, and he only had one K, but he did go through Broadway, get, you know, facing the two through eight hitters for Toronto and getting six of those seven with a K, no walks, and just that one crack bat. And Hoch, don't look now, ERA, 404. Scoreless outings, 13 of his last 14. You take out that one outing against Cleveland when the game was completely out of whack. And I know two days ago, I know you can't just take out outings. I get it. But I'm just, to prove a point, Hochever, you know, around three without that outing in there. So it's been pretty damn good this year, especially lately, has Luke Hochever. And, and that's good because he, he, you know, with Greg Holland maybe not looking 100% right now, with Wade Davis having some back stiffness, knowing that you've pitched Herrera a lot and, and Matson, of course, we'll see how he holds up. You know, mid 30s, a guy who was out of baseball last year, didn't look good tonight. He's gotten hit a bit harder the last couple times out there. So it's good to know that Luke Kochaver's coming on strong as a guy who could be needed as your third or fourth reliever by the time, uh, you know, all things are said and done. Now, Frank Morales pretty predictably gets the loss on this one. I mean, the Blue Jays maul left-handed pitching, and after he got the number nine hit of the lefty, he then, of course, had to face Troy Tuilowitzki, who got on base, and then a uh, probably a BS balk called by Angel Hernandez. That probably wasn't a balk, and that was the first base umpire's call, but, you know, Donaldson with the runner at second, and Tuilowitzki, line drive into the gap in left center. Tuilowitzki either scores or gets to third on that. Either way, you've got second and third with one out. Uh, you probably walk Batista there. Who knows what happens with Encarnacion coming out. Most likely the Royals are going to lose that game either way. I'm not going to even worry about the Bach that much. It was not set up well for the Royals with Morales in there when it got to that point. And you got to that point, you were down to just, you know, basically him, basically Morales and Holland because you pitched Medlin yesterday. I don't even know if Medlin can pitch back-to-back days yet. So you, you know, you used everybody at that point except for those two. And I guess Chris Young would be your emergency guy out there, but probably not going to go more than a couple innings. So in a way, at least the Royals lost when they did. At least if they're going to lose, it was in the 11th and not the 14th or 15th where you completely burned through the bullpen, especially with a noon game tomorrow. You wouldn't have been able to get anybody up here in time from Omaha, not to mention the fact that you have nobody who can really be sent down now. The Royals don't have any pitchers except for Ventura and Duffy with options. So from here on out, the month of August, you know, if you want to make moves, like the Royals had the luxury of sending Brandon Finnegan up and down every other day or Pino or Marriott or who, you know, whoever else they had up here, a DFA Blanton. And you don't have those options anymore now. So it's imperative. And the good thing is the Royals do have an off day coming up on Monday and you would have young available in relief tomorrow. And worst case scenario, Guthrie available as well. On Sunday, so the Royals should be okay. Medlin will be available, so it should be okay the next couple of days. Hopefully, as long as they get one solid outing out of a starter. But yeah, Donaldson, three hits, four RBIs. The bottom half really killed the Royals, especially seven and eight hitters Carrera and Pilar. They combined to go five and nine with a run and an RBI. Like I said, this is a tough matchup. A team you don't really want to face in the playoffs. And there's three teams I do not want to see in the playoffs. I, I'm not scared at all of the Angels. I'm not scared at all of the Twins or the Orioles. The teams I'm scared of. Number one, the, the number one team I'm most scared of is the New York Yankees. And they've had a little bit of injuries with our starting rotation, but the bullpen's scary. They can score some runs. They're tough in that home ballpark with the, all those left-handed hitters. Number one, I'm scared of the Yankees. Number two, I'm scared of the Houston Astros, especially after acquiring Carlos Gomez and getting better and better. You got Mr. Springer coming back soon. And number three, the Toronto Blue Jays. Those are the three teams I don't want to see. 
hopefully either Houston, hopefully the Angels win the West, and hopefully either Houston or Toronto does not make the playoffs. I mean, that would make it a decent chance the Royals might not see either of those two teams. But the Yankees probably are going to win that ALE, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I love this Royals team, though, and just think, we get Alex Gordon back, it'll be like getting another bat you know, back and Hopefully you get Chris Medlin a bit stronger. Luke Kochaver's coming on. You've added Johnny Cueto, Ben Zobra. So the Royals are in a damn good position right now. I'm just saying the three teams that worry me are those three teams. Now, Toronto tomorrow throws out Mark Burley, who's having a nice year, obviously. 11-5 with a 3-2-9. Completely dominated the Royals his last time out. Royals saw Burley... Back on July 11th, he outdueled Chris Young. Seven innings, two runs. The Royals, of course, didn't walk and struck out twice in the seven strong innings they saw from Burley back on July 11th. And Burley coming off of a rough start, which for him has been a rare thing this year, especially in recent days. Against Seattle, Burley went just five and two-thirds, allowed ten hits, three runs, three Ks, and a walk. So a guy who's not going to strike out anybody tomorrow and a guy who's not going to walk anybody. We know that. You know, how will the B-A-P-I-B, how will the Royals, how will their balls in play go tomorrow? Will they find some holes or not? That'll go, obviously, a long way and the most way in deciding who wins that match tomorrow. As Jordana Ventura will duel against Burley. Ventura 5-7 and seven of four eight six, Coming off a gem of his own, though. I mean, let's not sell him short. After the shortest trip ever to Omaha, when I say the shortest trip ever, might have approached Zona Rosa to go shopping. Might have hit up a restaurant on the boulevard. Might have gone to the Power and Light District. <laughs> That's about as far as he got to Omaha. Never left KC, although he was technically option. Didn't matter, though. Seven innings against Houston, his last outing, with one run on six hits, no walks, five Ks. Ventura has not seen Toronto this year. What an intriguing matchup tomorrow afternoon. Because we had no idea what to expect from Ventura. Going into that last outing against Houston, no clue what to expect. He came out and and pitched a hell of a game, obviously. How will he do against all these bats from Toronto? You'll add Ben Revere into the lineup tomorrow as the Jays acquired him today. And Tulowitzki and Donaldson and Bautista and Encarnacion and Martin and on and on and on. Justin Smoke with big-time power. I mean, that, that lineup is sick, man. How will he do tomorrow? It'll be interesting how the Royals do against Burley. I cannot wait to watch this game tomorrow. Now, Sunday, I like the Royals a lot. I'm not going to make a prediction tomorrow. Tomorrow's a toss-up to me. Could go either way. I just want one game in Toronto at this point. The way it's looking now, the Royals get out of here with one game. They're going to probably leave town with an eight-game lead in the division. That's fine. Get out of town. You use this as motivation that you've really struggled with Toronto this year. Between the You had to work your tail off to get the split in KC, and it's looking very doubtful at this point that you'll get the split in this series. But we'll see. The Royals still could, obviously. But Sunday, I love them. Edinson, Volquez, and R.A. Dickey. I think the Royals will explode on Dickey on Sunday. Volquez, 10-5 with a 3-2-1. Dickey, 5-10 with a 4-2-7. Now, Volquez was solid. In his last start against Cleveland, we won't say good. It was six innings, three runs. That's normally good, but he did walk five. So he walked the tightrope in that game, struck out four. Eh, solid. Well, you know, it's a quality start, so I guess we have to call it good technically. But Now, Volquez faced Toronto July 12th, went five and a third, allowed one run on five hits, three Ks and no walks there. Uh, the Royals have not seen R.A. Dickey this year. He's coming off of a very good outing. Eight innings against the Phillies, no earned runs, seven hits, four Ks, and a walk. The big question, of course, for Sunday is will that knuckleball dance? 
Can the Royals keep the Blue Jays in the park the next couple of nights? Toronto had homered in 12 straight games until tonight. They didn't tonight and found a way to win. So what will happen? We shall see. We'll be you know back with you tomorrow late afternoon here on Clubhouse Conversation on your dish. Hope you enjoy tonight. And hopefully the Royals can get at least one win over the next couple of days. We said coming into this road trip, 10 games, we said 5-5 five and five is the goal. Six and well, six and four is the goal, but five and five is the expectation. The Royals now sit on this road trip at two and three. So find a way to get at least one game in Toronto, get you to three and four, and then find a way to get two out of three in Detroit that gets you to your 500 goal for the road trip. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night. Go Royals.